So here's my immediate first thought theory based on what the words that just came out. Just of your so mouth. you know, there is more dumpster fire. No, no, yeah, I'm not there I, yet. I believe you. I believe you. But I, I just want a gut reaction. I want to reply to this piece here. I think at this point he's fucking with them. Literally, Kawhi Leonard is 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 a weird dude, but he's a, he knows everybody knows that Magic Johnson is not related to the Lakers anymore. I think he's literally just fucking with them now. See, you you're stealing my thunder because my thing is either he's for sure gonna go there, which I don't actually think. Or Kawhi is the biggest troll in the world, and he is winning. And I'll get to that later. Insert Kawhi laugh here. Do it. (laughs) You are listening to episode 22. Yes, 22 of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast. The podcast of two unqualified idiots rambling on sports topics they likely know nothing about for an indeterminate timeline with a hastily thrown together format. Brought to us this week, totally not sponsored, by Wayne Gretzky, Rye Lager. Because we're drinking it. That's why. I'm Carlos Alcazar, and with me, as is mostly the case, Dave Turnbull. Hey, Carlos. I'm uh, I'm wishing that we actually were sponsored by Wayne Gretzky. But hey. I would happily be sponsored by anyone who will have us. Hashtag sponsor us. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, on a hot day like this, where it's actually hotter inside the studio today than it is outside, it's a good choice. It is true. I don't really have air conditioning in the studio, but I should point something out. In the scale of hot in the studio, this is literally like the coolest it's going to be the entire summer. So it's like, quit whining. You keep this up and I will get on a real hot day. I will be like, today we're recording. You don't have a choice. And then you will see what true sweltering heat is like. But today, Dave's complaining notwithstanding, we've actually got a full, chock full of, uh, of a lot of good stuff here. So as usual, to kind of assist you along the way, I will put little timestamps throughout in order to kind of uh, keep things from going too crazy. Main topic of the episode is going to be talking about CFL. Dave's going to do a little preview. I'm going to mostly smile and nod because uh, my bold prediction, real quick for you, all of you, is a Canadian team will win the Grey Cup. I boldly suggest that. I think the Baltimore Stallions are not allowed anymore. I think that's out. So, barring the Baltimore Stallions coming back with the triumphant return, I think a Canadian team will take it. But, otherwise, we've got quite a number of news and notes. First of all, Dave has promised me Laker drama. He has promised me dumpster firedom. Dave, you better deliver. This is big. You're telling me it's serious business here. So, here's what I found out on the way over here. We know that the Lakers seem to be maybe getting their act together. They've traded for Anthony Davis... Anthony Davis has declined his his option. Is four was four million or four and a half? Million? It was like four million, and it but it, 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 a good move theoretically for them because it gives them a little more flexibility under the cap. Right. So, so he was good. he was due a bonus. He declined it to give the Lakers more cap space. And as should be common knowledge now, Kawhi has agreed to meet the Lakers. Sure. So everything's coming up, Genie Bus. Yes. At least at least as close as the Lakers can, considering they're the Lakers. Yes. All right. So here's the thing. So Kawhi has now said. Allegedly, because it, it hasn't come from Kawhi, but come from people close to Kawhi. I want a meeting with the Lakers, but I want to meet with only two people. Do you know who those two people are? Hint, neither of them are LeBron or Anthony Davis. They are Jeannie Buss, the okay. owner, which makes sense, and Magic Johnson. Nice. Here's the problem. Magic Johnson doesn't work for the team anymore. I, I think I think Kawhi is perfectly aware of that. I, so now, now that you've mentioned this... So here's my immediate first thought theory based on what the words that just came out just of your so mouth. Just so you know, there is more dumpster fire. No, no, I'm yeah, not there I, yet. I believe you. I believe you. But I, I just want a gut reaction. I want to reply to this piece here. I think at this point he's fucking with them. Literally, Kawhi Leonard is, is, is a weird dude, but he's a, he knows everybody knows that Magic Johnson is not related to the Lakers anymore. I think he's literally just fucking with them now. See, you, you're stealing my thunder because my thing is either he's for sure going to go there, which I don't actually think... Or Kawhi is the biggest troll in the world, and he's winning. And I'll get to that later. Insert Kawhi laugh here. Do it. (laughs) Now, Genie Bus obviously will meet with Kawhi, sure. Magic has said, sure, I'll meet with Kawhi. Here's the problem. He doesn't work for the team anymore. Also, apparently there's some agreement between the NBA and the Lakers that Magic will stay out of this. That he's not going to get into negotiations. He's not going to have anything to do with the Lakers. In agreement. Right. So what does he do? He comes out and says, sure, I'm down. I'm there. So now, this could possibly be tampering. Magic Johnson is not about your rules life, but, Dave. But here's the best part, okay? So he, it's probably not really tampering, but it could be. But here's the part is, if it is, 
and the Lakers get fined. They're getting fined for somebody who's not even a Lakers employee. How awesome is that? Hashtag the Lakers. Like, you you know. But, yes, I really hope Co- your theory is true that he's just fucking with them. I, I, but I, I, the thing is, uh, like I said, Kawhi is not unaware of la- the NBA landscape. Part of the deal... If you're Kawhi Leonard, and this is why the Kawhi Watch thing here in Canada has been so fascinating, is that realistically, the man can do whatever the hell he wants. But there is genuinely no incentive for him to do anything except weigh all the options, look at all the possibilities, do a little... The math is easy. If you just want money, the Raptors can offer the most money. If you want to take a shot at getting the Supermax, a bigger version of the Supermax, well, then you need two more years. So you do a one with a one-year player's option. That's a possibility. If you want maximum dollars, you can go with that. If you want to sign with another team, they can still offer you more money than God. It's not like he's not going to make money. So it's really, it's not even the lifestyle thing, because as we mentioned before, like, being a dominant player, if you own Canada, which at the moment he does, the the New Balance sales alone, New Balance, can, I'm sure, can offer him more money, and that's a supplement. That that doesn't even count his salary from the team. The team can offer him more money, plus New Balance can offer him some money. They can sweeten his basketball deal because nobody was buying a New Balance basketball shoe before Kawhi got to Toronto and before Kawhi led them to a championship. They were not selling a single basketball shoe. Now they might have sold some, and they could potentially sell more, and that's not a bad thing and if you're Kawhi some, Leonard. No, that's for all sure. Uh, you know, I, I still think his thing is going to be he's going to sign a one-plus-one with Toronto – and then see if, if you you know if they go for it, they win again, great. Or if they come close to you know, great. And then let's see what happens with the Clippers or the Lakers. You know, if either of them can really get their act together, then maybe he goes there next year. But I'm a little bit sick of the 24-hour Kawhi watch right now, where it's, you know, Kawhi has agreed to talk to the Lakers. Okay, who cares? He agreed to talk to them. Oh, Kawhi's going to talk to the Raptors last. Good, he's talking to Breaking them. news, Kawhi Leonard yeah. has ordered an ice cream cone. What kind? Chocolate? Vanilla? A blend of the two. What? And what does that mean for where he's signing? Kawhi to Toronto confirmed. Obviously, multiculturalism, Dave. Multiple colors in one snow cone. It's obvious. Can you not read between the lines? Well, and I thought he was signing because he was taking pictures on Instagram of him in Barbados, where he's on vacation right now, in a Blue Jays jersey. But there also was a picture of him in the past with an old school Blue Jays cap. So he's, it's not like it's the first time he's ever worn Blue Jay swag. Oh, fair enough. But I, like I said, he, and that's another thing. So let's say he, he does go somewhere else, and he's wearing all his Blue Jays gear. People are like, oh, he's going to sign. He's just trolling everybody. Like, I think in some ways, he's just having fun. Yeah. And you know what? This is, the guy's a legend in Toronto. Dave, Regardless of where he goes, he has my respect. Dave, he's a fun guy. He is I don't know if guy. you know that. He is a fun guy. He is a fun guy. I hear this uh, through the grapevine. But yeah, no, uh, we're not going to get into the Kawhi Watch thing. Like it, It's nonsense. Uh, right now, every every moment the man does anything, if he breathes in a certain direction, it's either he's to Toronto confirmed or he's going to Lakers or he's going to Clippers. You know what? I think he's going to go to the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's where I think he's going. Why? Because reasons. He's Kawhi Leonard. He can do whatever he likes. It should also be hilarious. Yeah, it, like it genuinely doesn't matter. You know what? He's going to create. Teams his up own with team. Andrew Wiggins and he's they gonna, win again. He's going to create his own team. He's going to just start at Team Kawhi and then he's going to put it in the middle of Antarctica, and he's going to play games out of there. It's going to be awesome. Whatever. Let the man have his. Let the man have his off season. And by the way, the free agent period is going to start soon. It's not like we have to wait a tremendously. It's we're not being held in suspense for a super long time right now. It. it we will get some answers soon, I can assure everyone. I promise. Is there any more Laker drama you want to throw in there? That is, is that, it. That's, okay. I feel that's enough for today. That's good, that's good for this week. But, you know, next week, there's still time. Uh, the next piece is a little bit of self-indulgence, if you will indulge me for a moment. Of course. <sighs> Wonderful listeners. I need you to understand something very important. There are a few things that I'm passionate about in life, and Dave can attest to this. There are very few things that I'm passionate about in life. Taco Cabana? Taco Cabana is a big one. Uh, my hatred of the liquor markup tax. I'm very passionate about that. Uh, Dave can attest. That's probably I, the thing. I've, I've never seen more passion than your hatred of the liquor markup tax. It's, it's, it's unjustifiable. It is ridiculous. And it sounds like someone made it up. And whoever it is, I wish they die a fiery death. But. Or when Team Panama sucks at baseball. You're much more passionate about Team, Can- Team Panama when they suck than when they actually Which is irony because I don't care about anything that involves countries in sport in anything else. But the World Baseball Classic brings out anger within me. Just that thing. But, with all that said, one thing that I'm still very passionate about, the current iteration of the Dallas Stars hurt my feelings. But, I will always have the wonderful memories, including painful memories, 
of watching the 98-99 Dallas Stars win the Stanley Cup in triple overtime against the Buffalo Sabres. And yes, the skate was in the crease. And yes, I don't care. But the hockey gods have spoken and they've given me a little, a little, you know, a little thing. Guy Carboneau and Sergei Zuboff are going to be amongst the 2019 Hall of Fame inductees. Congratulations to both gentlemen. And that means that that, that team, that 98-99 Dallas team, so Madano's already in the Hall of Fame, Joe Neuendijk's in the Hall of Fame, Ed Belfour's in the Hall of Fame, and now you're going to have Guy Carboneau and Sergei Zuboff in the Hall of Fame from that team. And also, let's just say, I mean, despite your, your Dallas Stars fandom, they are both very deserving. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Sergei Zuboff was a beast for years, and Carboneau was a fantastic player. Like... Great, great players, and certainly deserving. But the question that must be asked simply is, can Richard Matvichuk be far behind? Mike Keane, Jamie Langenbrunner, Hall of Famer, obviously, and that isn't even including the captain, Darian Hatcher. I mean, let's put it this way. It is theoretically possible. The Hockey Hall of Fame is one of the easier Hall of Fames to get into. In a world, Dave, where Harold Baines is a Hall of Famer, really, who are we to deny Richard Matvichuk? This is fair. Like, if you're going by that standard, then yes. It set the standard for everything. I, as I mentioned to you prior to this recording, I will soon be in the Hall of Fame for having endured the triple overtime game six of the 98-99 final. In fact, I am so demented and deranged that years later, because I don't sleep, CBC replayed some old Stanley Cup finals. I unfortunately happened to be flipping through channels and they were replaying the triple overtime in its entirety. And this was more than a decade later. And I watched it again because I'm deranged. So I should be in the Hall of Fame. Based on that alone, I look forward to attending my ceremony. I will be there, man. Anyway, so that was my piece of self-indulgence. I needed to enjoy that. That was, uh, that was the good thing for me. One more thing I want to talk about that directly pertains to this podcast and people in it. So as um, the hockey uh, faithful are aware that our good friend, my friend and yours, P.K. Subban, is no longer a member of the Nashville Predators and is now a member of the New Jersey Devils. And of course... Logically, given that uh, Dave became a Nashville Predators fan-ish for a time because of that, and, you know, abandoned his Montreal Canadiens, although he did come back for Poutine. That was, you know, that's been noted. But the point is that outside of the forces of Poutine and basically just going to Montreal and then suddenly being back in, outside of that, his fandom of P.K. Subban has been strong. It's held him. So I look forward to Dave cheering on the New Jersey Devils in this upcoming NHL season. Right, Dave? Wrong. Now, I, why are why have you forsaken P.K. Subban? So, I, I haven't forsake, forsaken P.K. Subban. But the thing is... Judas had more decency in his betrayal. How but dare there, you? The, well, no, but the thing is... So, first of all, we know I love P.K. Subban. I love the guy. Clearly. Great player. And I'm pissed that he got traded. And, and I don't like the trade. I mean, maybe if it gets them the scoring help they need. Here's the thing. And I'm going to go on a, a little sidebar here. Right. But if, if Pekka Rene was half decent two years ago in the finals... Pittsburgh doesn't win. You're talking to a guy who a couple of years, I think it was 2015. I'd have to look up the exact one. You're talking to a guy who in 2015, I just needed competent goaltending. I needed the ghost. I didn't need Ed Belfort in his prime. I needed Bel- Belfort nearly 50. And the Dallas Stars could have gotten the Stanley Cup final, you know, three or four years ago. No, but anyway. It's, just, it's frustrating because he basically just got traded for salary cap room. Yeah. You know, and, that's, a salary a, dump. and that's annoying. It was a salary dump. But it's New Jersey, man. I can't cheer for anything that comes out of New Jersey, except the Sopranos. That's the only thing that I can cheer for that comes out of New Jersey. I was going to say, I, I, was, I was secretly hoping that this is the angle you would take on it. So and, maybe, and maybe Cake Boss, because he's from New Jersey, isn't he? I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah. Or, that one, that, that Car- or Carlos's Bakery. Is it called Carlos's Bakery? Well, if it was Carlos's Bakery, do I get residuals I on this? Know, like, but it's, I, the, it's the one. They have one in, in the, the Port Authority Terminal. Are you sure bu- it's not Carlo? The Port Authority Bus Terminal in New York. Okay. I don't know what the hell it is, but it's damn good, and it's originated in New Jersey. So that's good. The Sopranos are good. Everything else that comes out of New Jersey, except maybe Rutgers, is a shithole. I feel like, given all the qualifiers you've just done, you were one plate of poutine away from being all in on New Jersey. Like No, no, <laughs> I, no. Look, it's not happening. I'm not in on the Devils, and I never will be, okay? So here's the thing. I would love for P.K. Subban to win the Cup, okay? If the New Jersey Devils win next year, I'm there. Uh, spoiler alert, they're not going to. And PK lifts the, the Stanley Cup, I will be happy for the man. And I will cheer that man on unless they're playing Montreal because here's the thing, Carlos. Clearly, PK is gone. He's with another new team. Okay, I'm back on the band. The poutine has done it. I am back on the bandwagon. I am a Habs fan, and that's it. And I will suffer with the rest of the Habs fans and the mismanagement of this team. I'm back to the suffering. 
I look forward to uh, the PK Subban Devils jersey within six months. Anyway, so well, I, I never said I wouldn't get a jersey for PK Subban on it. I mean, I have a Montreal one, I have a Nashville one. It's it, only right, right? It's, it's it, it has to happen. Yes, of course. We'll we'll we'll, we'll see on this. I'll I'll keep everybody on the podcast posted on the uh, Dave fandom. You know his return to Mont- his triumphant return to Montreal. We'll uh we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. I did want to make sure we address that because I would never leave that off the table. And that was on the agenda. Now, let's talk about something. Uh, We did end up doing, uh, we ended up talking a little bit about Bob McCown's sudden departure after we finished recording the last podcast. And then I added that into, so here's where I'm going to kick in the shameless plug. The podcast you're listening to is available on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. That's normal. But you can also check it out on YouTube if you type in Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. So for that one, you can see archive versions of our podcasts, as well as occasionally I'll go on there, and if something is really interesting, I'll sometimes record like an ad hoc video. So it lets me be a little bit more timely rather than waiting for the next podcast episode. In this case, though, we were able to use it to take something that kind of would have made it to the cutting room floor. We had a good conversation on the sudden discovery, you know, Dave found it, and then we ended up talking through our early our immediate thoughts on Bob McCown suddenly being done at primetime sports on the fan 590 out of Toronto so I ended up putting that video up and it's and a lot of folks have checked it out and if you're listening for the first time based on that video welcome and thanks for listening and if you want to check out stuff like that that sometimes won't make it onto the podcast it'll be on the unnecessary nonsense podcast YouTube channel so that's a good secondary spot in addition to the archive that you'll get either way so Following that up, Dave did find an article uh, from BetweenThePost.ca, which, again, link in the description, will be there. You know, from former Fan590, I guess contributor, because I don't know if he was on-air talent specifically or if he was somebody they interviewed on a regular basis as part of the shows, Howard Berger. He was there, though. Yeah, he was definitely there. And Howard Berger, you know, basically gave not so much an insider's perspective, but he gave his theory on it, and his theory on it is logical. Basically, following the acquisition of the NHL rights from Sportsnet and trying to become the number one led to them basically throwing more money than God at Gary Bedman and the NHL. Well, when you put that much money in, you better make money. So even if something is the highest rated thing on your network, if you're paying a talent, we don't know exactly how much, but possibly in excess of a million dollars a year for a radio host, even a very popular radio host with a syndicated radio show, that's a lot of money to be giving in 2019 for radio. Now, as a man who's passionate about radio, do you have any thoughts about that piece as well? Well, here's the thing. It may, I mean, I'm glad we have something out there that explains, or at least we think, because we don't know for sure. But it's a logical reason for it. But it, it, to... may, it makes sense. Yes. Right? As to why Bob McCown's not there. Uh, and that it, you know, leads to that it was an entirely mutual feeling that we had last week that we talked about. I do think the suddenness was a bit odd because that would be a major misstep for me from Rogers. Because even if that's your idea, that's not, that's not the first time that somebody says, Hey, look, you're doing well, but you're not doing well enough that we want to keep paying you what we're paying you. So would you like to take a pay cut? No, then fair enough. We'll let you go. We'll let you go on your, you know, go down on your own sword and you can have a tribute show and the whole bit, but none of that happened, which leads the, to the idea that it was very sudden and very dramatic kind of how quick the cut was. I mean, they do have a, a hotline now that you can call mm-hmm. and give your your uh, reminiscences about Bob. Sure. So that does exist, which is good. And I think I that's think a way of kind of saving us. face, though. Yeah, but I mean, st- regardless of the motivation, I think it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, he- you know, I think the problem is, here's what I think. They gave away too much money, and we know that. The The contract with Rogers, or sorry, the, the contract that Rogers has with the NHL is way too much. It's, it's an ungodly sum of money. I think it was up upwards of $5 billion in the deal overall. Which, by the way, quick point. In the terms of relative professional sports, if you're talking about like an NFL deal, it's not really that much. If we're talking about like an NBA deal, it's not necessarily that much. Or even a Major League Baseball deal. However, when you consider that hockey, while popular, is very regionally based. Like Canada, hockey is popular. But if you look at the actual ratings... The fandom is split. It's not like... In the Maple Leaf market, the Maple Leafs do very well. In the Montreal market, the Canadians do very well. But the Canadians are not necessarily watching a Maple Leaf, you know, National Predators game on a Thursday Thursday evening. Some random hockey game on. Or even Hockey Night in Canada Saturday, yes, you're going to watch your game that you're going to watch. But now you've got a bunch of games on. So, and maybe you cover all the different Canadian teams. I don't really care about the Calgary Flames. 
I'm not that interested in watching the Edmonton Oilers lose. Like, it, there's a lot of games that'll be on there. That, yeah, it's there, but no, you're not going to watch it. Fair enough. And I think the other thing is, is I honestly feel hockey is losing popularity. Not like by droves and droves of people. Not no, not at all. It's death by a thousand cuts. Well, exactly, and I, and I think by the end of this deal, you know, it's almost like Rogers made a deal with the devil, right? That in the short term is going to work out for them. But in the long term, you know, isn't. And we're already starting to... We saw one reason why already. Right? Bob and Count. Gone. Uh, And it seems to be, you know, the article, the Howard Berger article, alludes to that may not be the only casualty. Well, it's... As you go along, you go to the next highest paid talent. Now, I will make a, a side point related to this as well. It's kind of what I alluded to, though. Is a radio host, even a very popular radio host, even worth that much in 2019 when you've got podcasts, when you've got different mediums of getting it on demand? If you're stuck in a car and you put on the and you put on 590 AM in the Toronto area, yeah, I get it. But again, it's not like you don't have options. You could fire up a podcast while you're sitting there and fire or, up a whole bunch or of Or if you have satellite radio. I mean, if you're really into the quiet thing right now, NBA radio on Sirius XM is nonstop free agency. That's all they're talking about. Yeah. Right? There, there's umpteen different sports channels, if you want, you know? So if you're like, hey, you know what? I'm not a hockey guy. Well, I'm not, but I'm just saying in general, right? Oh, you're a Montreal Canadiens fan. You're, are you really a hockey guy? No, I'm not a hockey guy. I'm there a Montreal you're... fan. I'm not a hockey fan. But, but the point, or PK Subban. Confirmed. I am. <laughs> but the point is... If you want to, you know, you're like, you know, I really, I don't care about any of the sport. I just want to focus on baseball. Yep. Well, they have a station that's totally devoted to baseball. And you can check out, and you've got, and you've had the satellite radio thing where you can flip between the different games. And that's, so let me, let but, me, go ahead. Okay. Go but, ahead. but the point is, or you can go to football or you can go to wherever. Yeah. So the point is, you, if you have the niche market, right, exists in a variety of different places now that you can go to. Right? So if you don't like what they're talking about, you can now flip to another station. Whereas before, I mean, originally it was just a fan, and that's it. Yeah. Then TSN came in, and you could go between the two. But now it's, you know, you, if you go to satellite, you can go to any different places. But my point is, what I really want to try and say is that it's, I think it's about the advertising dollars. Right? So if you're pulling in enough revenue, then you can justify whatever the hell you want. Mm. Right? But I don't think... In this day and age, if if Bob McCowan is, or Bob McCowan was making seven figures, that's probably really by a financial standard and the way people listen to radio now is probably not justified. Yeah. Even though the man is a legend and I love him. Yeah. The thing is, and it's not like his it's not like his viewership his viewership probably isn't at its peak anymore, but his viewership is certainly higher than a lot of other radio sports personalities. And it's and it's higher than its competition in the same time frame. Yeah, so right? from the competition standpoint, he was dominating his time slot in his market, in his area, so he was the dominant figure. But that doesn't mean that it's dominant. Being a dominant radio host in 2019 doesn't hold the cachet that it would have in 1985. If you were the dominant radio host, like, say, in the New York market... In oh, radio sure. in 1985, you own the oh, airwaves. Speaking of New York, um, on the WFAN, who's that guy? Do you remember his name? Uh, Francesca? Yeah. He yeah. just retired, too. Yeah. The thing is, but the right? thing is, though, it's a different era now. now exactly. here's a- well, that's, that goes to it, too, right? I mean, that, that the, the Francesca leaving and retiring, that's the same, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. It's, it was one half of the Mike and the Mad Dog yeah. duo who and then, dominated the airwaves in New yeah. York and for And then many he years. did it on his own for a while as yeah. well, right? Yeah. And you're finding that... You still, I mean, you got to replace them with somebody, but it's it's not the person who they were, but you also, it's hard to justify paying them top dollar in today's age with podcasts, with satellite radio, with all that. Yeah, well, part of it is going to be, and this is, this is actually a bigger conversation, but I want to introduce certain elements of it because I do want to have this conversation later on because you, as an avid radio guy, would be a good person to talk to about this. Generally speaking, radio is an aging medium. Like, the medium age of radio listeners is going up and up and up. True. Sometimes I feel like I'm an 80-year-old in a 36-year-old body. I've literally been saying that for well over a decade, comfortably. But um, the reality is, though, that it is it is a good medium. And I used to be an avid listener of the Fan 590. But the reality is I can get the information in, in chunks. I can get the information on YouTube. I can get the information in podcasts. And in podcasts, they can go really deep. Because I'm not 
talk, I'm not listening to you have a conversation where you're interviewing an insider, but you're interviewing him for five minutes, trying to squeeze whatever nuggets you can get out of it, but then there's no expansion upon it. But then the radio host will expand upon their theory for an hour, but then I got like 50, 50 commercial breaks in between. Whereas, exactly. Whereas I can get a podcast where I've got the insider for 45 minutes, and for 45 minutes, they can really go deep on a couple of different things where I'm not getting that in a five-minute clip it on a radio station. It's a very different medium. You're still getting information, but how we get the information, I can get a ton of information right now on my phone, on Twitter and Instagram. Sometimes some of the stuff I'll find out that I'll add to our little document when we're talking through this, I'll see it on Instagram first. I'll see a little, I'll see a little diagram that tells me such and such is happening, whatever. And then I can go then subsequently look up things and find out more information right away. Mm -hmm. This was not available when Bob McCown was at his peak. True. And it's not Bob McCown's fault. But what's going to make it interesting now, going forward for Bob McCown, is going to be like, he's made it very clear based on his tweets that he is not interested in stopping. He wants to do something. And now the question is going to be what the nature of that is. Does he go to a rival radio station and try to bail? Because he could go to, say, 6.40 a.m., who for a brief time tried to do sports a little bit as well. Well, he could go there and immediately he'd be their number one guy in four to seven time slot. He could compete against the Fan 90 version and probably crush them in yeah. ratings. It, it, I think it also is, would be interesting to see. I mean, we're never going to see it. But what does the, what does the severance agreement look like? Yeah. I think, though, at the same time that if you're him, you can also – I don't know how interested he is in it, but you could pursue the option of going the podcast route because he's, he's got enough contacts and people. He can have well, good conversations I without mean, the constraints. It's not totally comparable, but look at, you know, Bill O'Reilly, formerly of Fox? Vaguely heard of him. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what he did, right? Yeah. So when he left Fox under a cloud of suspicion of sexual harassment, mm. he started his own website. Well, he might probably, probably already had his own website. But he has his own program now that you get through his website. Yeah. You right? know, and you, that's what he's, he's done with that. You I know mean, it's very good, possible that Bob McCallum does the same thing. You know who's another good example of this? Uh, out, in, uh, t- out in the U.S., TS, if, you go to, if you look at ESPN, Tony Kornheiser. Okay. He's got his podcast. And obviously he's got Pardon the Interruption, which is a very popular show on ESPN. So one does not prevent you. You could do the radio thing still and then still have a podcast mm-hmm. where you're offering different insight maybe a more expanded version. Like you start talking to somebody for five minutes on the show, but then you go, hey, can you do a subsequent interview with me? We'll really go deep on some of this talk. Because sometimes people, the thing about podcasts is podcasts are niche. One thing that sometimes almost hurts this podcast, but I still enjoy it, our interest in sports vary. It's not one thing. It's not one sport, one league, one specific thing. Mm-hmm. We would actually benefit from going to just talk, spending an hour talking about one topic. True, absolutely. But at the same time, then we miss out on so much stuff because sometimes these news and notes are kind of fun. Like yeah, even this conversation leads into a more interesting conversation. Sure. I mean, we didn't think we were going to spend this ta- long talking about radio and Bob McCallum, but we are. But it works. Because we got a lot to say. But there, but it is later on. I'm not. I'm going to stop it here. But at a, at a certain point, one of these days, the main topic of the podcast is going to be the medium of radio and its relevance of it in sports because I think it's an interesting discussion. I think, that's a, the, I think that's a good topic. Yeah, and I think you're the right person to have this discussion with and we will revisit that. But as far as the Bob McCowan thing is we're concerned, best of luck to him. Hopefully he'll figure out what he's going to do. I think he's got options, so I think he'll be fine as far as that's concerned and I think he's made a good living in the, uh, in the radio world and now whatever he decides to do, there's going to be some more opportunities for him. Absolutely. So next topic I want to talk about a little bit here, breakdancing in the Olympics, Dave. Breakdancing. Seriously? Yes, breakdancing. For the 2024 Olympic Games, they are primed in Paris to have, after a landmark call, breakdancing. Are you ready to root on Team Canada in breakdancing? Are you ready, Dave, as a b-boy yourself? I Literally, <laughs> I, wish, I wish the sound of face palming was audible. It is if you do it right. <laughs> but, but, no, no. Dancing is not a sport. Is dancing athletic? Yes. You know? Ooh, hold on, controversy. I like this. No, Go on. What? No, are you, no, are no. you saying we cannot have ice dancing, Dave? No, that's different. Oh, wait. wait. Oh, how is it different? Because it's Go already on. established. So <laughs> fuck it. I'm not going to argue with anything that's already in the Olympics, all right? It's fine. It was already there. I Fine. I don't care. Right? Plus, Canada's decent at ice dancing. If, if diddlywinks had already been in, are you saying, yes, if, guys, guys, let's do it, let's do it, let's handicap okay. tiddlywinks for the world championships this year. It's going to be amazing. Look, the point is, if Canada, if it's already in the Olympics and Canada is good at it, keep it. Ice dancing, you got my bless. Even though, like, I have some issue with figure skating and the judging that keeps coming up regardless. But, no, no, tell me, 
what what competitiveness sporting thing is there about breakdancing? It's the same. Here, here's like, the, are they going to fucking have a dance-off? Is that what's going to happen? Oh, it like, totally they're just, is. They're, they're going to get, gonna gonna like, get the crews together, and it's going to be on, Dave. Because, because you it's know It's going to be bring it on. As, as that might, I, that, I might actually watch that. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm going to think it's an Olympic sport. It doesn't mean I think it's a sport. It doesn't mean I think it deserves to be in the Olympics. But if they have their crew, and it's an actual dance-off, and that's the way it goes, then... I'm probably tuning in. You wait, Dave. You wait until the crews meet in the middle of the of the battleground in the Olympic arena with, you know, NBC covering it or whoever. You wait. No, they t- need to put it in like an urban basketball court. No, the best part will be to do it in an urban basketball court in the middle of a regular arena. They'll just fake an urban basketball That's court. That's fair, too. And they'll have where, where are the 24? Is that in Los it's, Angeles? It's in, no, it's in Paris. Okay. 2024 is Paris. In Paris. Near the Eiffel Tower, they can break. So I was going to say, like, where in Paris would be the ideal breakdancing thing. I just wish it had happened. You know, okay, you know what? Here's what I'm thinking now. He's okay? got a vision. Hold on. I do. I still don't think it should be... None of this makes me think it should be Olympic sport. I'll give my actual but, opinion in a second, but I but want Dave to continue. Please have continue. Have you ever seen that Saturday Night Live skit, Les Jeunes de Paris? Saturday Night Live is also an old people sport. Go on. Please Yeah, continue. but have you seen it? Because no, you were old, I haven't. too. I okay. know that, but I, anyway, I stopped watching Saturday Night is, Live years ago. There's a, there's a thing where it was like... It was called Les Jeunes de Paris. Okay, right? sure. Which means the youth of Paris. Okay. And they would go to this like club... And they just start talking French, and then all of a sudden they have this like weird dancing thing, right? If it's like that, look it up, okay? okay. If you're listening to this right now, look that up, all right? Coscarella, this one's for you, because he, I know he loves that. But seriously, if that's what it is, I'm watching it, but in no but way, you'll shape, hate or yourself. Form, yes, I will, and in no way, shape, or form should it be an Olympic sport. Are we? Are we good? Can we I, move on to the next topic now? Not yet. I actually have to say my opinion because I actually have one. But your reaction was glorious, and it's everything I hope for and more. Okay. So what like, happens when we don't tell people that we're going to do these things? Me with the Lakers dumpster fire, you with this. This is how we work. Man. But you got to admit, I brought it with the breakdancing. You did. You, you, were, not, you were not ready. No, I was you, not. You not you but that's not okay. That's part of the joy. Yeah. So here's the thing. I, I, think it's stu- I think it's stupid as hell. But with that said, the ice dancing, the truth is, if as soon as you allow one sport, so I'll be the voice of reason on this. I think it's stupid. I don't like it. I'm not interested. Mind you, I don't care about the Olympics to begin with. So the sanctity of the Olympics is not my concern. With all that said, though, as soon as you include any sport that includes subjective judging, ice dancing is no better than break dancing. It doesn't work. I'm sorry. Like, you've allowed one, therefore the other. So you know what? Let them all in. Let interpretive dance in. I will happily judge for interpretive dance. Dave knows my passion for interpretive dance. But the point is, whatever you got, if it's subjective judging included, as soon as you allow one, you may as well allow them all. You can't really make an argument that breakdancing is less noble or less Olympic worthy. It, you don't really have a leg to stand on. So I'm not surprised, but it is hysterical. Uh, as usual, uh, so I'll leave a link in the description from the Daily Telegraph talking about this. Um, it'll give you a little more detail. I really don't want to go super in-depth into it. We'll see what happens between now and 2024, but it seems like the, the path has been cleared. So the B-Boys need to get ready. I, I, it's been years. He's a little bit older now. So we'll see if Chaos can perform, you know. Uh, he's got his B-Boy stance song, so we might we might have a use for that in the Olympics. So it might be it might be coming sooner rather than later. I hope that I have moved you with our Olympic moment. That week. sound you hear is me simultaneously facepalming and shuddering. Indeed. Get ready for it. I'm going to give you the intro, Dave. Are you ready? It is the pretentious cross-country running report with Dave Turnbull. Okay. So brief cross uh, pretentious cross-country running report this week, okay? What do you got? I just want to give uh, a thumbs up and a thumbs down. All right. That's all. So first that of totally all, isn't ripped off of a show on Canadian television. Go on. So first of all, thumbs up to the Canadian men's team who have made the quarterfinal, I believe it's a quarterfinal, of the Gold Cup, also known as the Copa d'Oro, because if we call it the Gold Cup here, Carlos makes fun of it. Also known as he totally made it up, it doesn't exist. Right. So they're playing Haiti in the next round. For what? If, they, if Haiti loses, they're going to get less supplies as refugees? Why are they playing soccer? No, Shouldn't actually, they be eating? They need food. You know, actually, Haiti, Haiti actually has done really well in this tournament. Yes, because they fed their soccer players instead of their citizens. They need food. Also quite possible. Uh, but they've made it, so congratulations to them. That game, I mean, I know it's in, in, in ahead of time, but I am looking forward to that. That game is tomorrow. But the other thing is uh, thumbs down okay. to the Canadian women's team who has vastly underperformed their potential. Uh, they went out in the round of 16 to Sweden, 1-0. to nil. 
My God, one to nil. That's devastating. In the in the women's World Cup, the, uh, Canada did have a chance at a penalty. Uh, their regular penalty taker chose not to take it. Oh, this is the Christine Sinclair thing, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got it, got it, got it. Uh, I don't have too much to say on that. I mean, it's Christine Sinclair. Here's here's my thing. Like, do I think she should have taken that penalty? Absolutely, hundred percent, I do. Right? She is the leader. I know she's saying, well, you know, a future generation. But you are the person. You are the leader. You are the team captain, and you regularly take the penalties. You should take that penalty. Look, Janine Becky, who took the penalty. I think she struck it well. She took a great shot. The goalkeeper just guessed right and made a good save. I just, I just think if you're in a position to be eliminated, I think you take whoever's the best person left available at the time. It's kind of like the, um, it was, I think it was the 98 Olympics in Nagano when uh, the men's Olympic team, they had, they had a shootout, but they didn't let Gretzky take a shootout, a penalty shot. It's like yep, that was not who, yeah. That whoever was not whoever is your best, that isn't a teachable moment. I know conceptually, I understand the idea behind it, but that's not a teachable moment because what's the worst that can happen? Well, they miss and they get eliminated, and then everybody looks at them like it's their fault. Yeah, and, and that's what's happening. And I position. and I think the same thing. I mean, if Dean Sinclair missed, okay, but you're still going to say that's a person you want taking the penalty. I mean, it overshadows the issue of the fact that Canada really had no offense in this tournament. Yes, they won two games in the group stage, but they also lost to a team that they're ranked higher than in the Netherlands and, and in Sweden. I believe they're ranked higher than Sweden too. So they lost to two teams that they're ranked higher than. Now, I know FIFA rankings are mm, sketchy at best. That's another topic for another day. But the point is, I think Canada needed to figure out how to score more, and they didn't, and it cost them, and now they're out. So the takeaways I got from this, I got three takeaways. All right. Number one, Dave thinks that in soccer, you need to score more to win games. That's important. Well, it's fair. Secondly, I mean, it's not, secondly, not true. Secondly, Dave hates New Jersey for some inexplicable reason. Okay, and I'm not sure what this has to do with the pretentious country country report. No, but no, no, yes. no, but I'm saying these are my takeaways thus far in the podcast. Okay, fair enough. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, recapping okay, for okay. the listeners. I'm recapping for the listeners. And three, he hates women. That's the important takeaways that we have. No, you know, what? He praises the men and then, and then criticizes the women. It's awful. It's just no. awful. It's terrible. You know, but here's the thing. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Because if the men lose to Haiti... <laughs> I'll be on this podcast next week talking about how shitty the men's team are and how much I hate CONCACAF. You better. I, I, I demand the same energy, Dave. Okay. I demand it. Because here's the thing, all right? No matter what, in a World Cup, I will never have as much criticism or hatred of any team that I have. So here's the thing. I'm disappointed in the women's team. I think they should have done better, uh-huh. okay? But I have no fury. I have no s- s- deep-seated anger, okay? But if the men lose to Haiti in the Gold Cup... The top will blow. Why? Because the gold cup is organized by CONCACAF, and that just boils my butt. You know what Boils I mean. your what? <laughs> <laughs> boils my blood. Yeah. But apparently I couldn't say that the first time. I, I, I was going to say. And, you know, when and if that happens, then the takeaway will be like, Dave also hates Haiti. Why does he hate poor people and women and New Jersey? What oh do they do goodness. to you? I don't hate anyone except New Jersey. <laughs> uh, wait until you find out we have listeners in New Jersey. Anyway. And, so, well, actually, never mind. Let's, yeah, I was let's gonna say, stick with New Jersey. I was going to say, you do know you can sleep with the fishes. This can be arranged. Miami Marlins? <laughs> Miami. They're old. You'll be fine. My, yeah, Miami. Florida, Florida, Dave, you can pick on. I would leave New Jersey. Um, you remember that Britney guy? Leave New Jersey alone. Fair, you have to cry when you say it. I don't have it in me. But you, you can pretend. Work with it. So anyway, so we'll move on from there. That was the pretentious cross-country running with Dave Turnbull. All right. Before we get to the main topic, I got one last thing I want to give, All right. and that is a shout-out to another podcast. So, they don't need our promotion. However, I do want to direct your attention to the Hoop Collective podcast, produced in ESPN by Brian Winhurst um, as one of the hosts of it. But the reason I'm bringing it up, I specifically want to draw your attention to the episode, and I made sure I wrote it down here. It's called The Right Time, uh, you know, X... The Hoop Collective collab. It's Bomani Jones going on there conducting various interviews regarding the Supermax in the NBA. So if you know you maybe you're interested in the NBA, but you're not super deep into it and you don't understand the intricacies of it, the series of interviews are talking with Winhorse himself, Bomani Jones talking to one of the representatives of the NBA Players Association, an agent, and a couple of different folks talking about the Supermax in the NBA, 
how it, a little bit of history about it, how it's impacted the NBA Players Association, and a little bit on the modern NBA and how that's impacted it. So it gives you a little background. If you know nothing about it or you know a little bit, but you want to get it a little deeper into it, that podcast will actually give you quite a bit of info to get you a little further along in your understanding of the ridiculous nature of the NBA salary cap system. Plus, respect to Bomani Jones. I really, I really like him. <clears throat> yes, I think it was, but I think it was really well produced, and uh, I think it's under an hour. I think it's about forty-five or fifty minutes. But in forty-five or fifty minutes, you'll actually learn something if you listen. So it's uh, the Hoop Collective podcast, and the episode is called "The Right Time Dash or, sl- or X: The Hoop Collective Collab." So that's what it's called. And I'll leave a little note in the uh, in the show notes for that in case you're interested. If I can find a link to it, I'll link it too. Otherwise, but you can. In, your, uh, in all your podcast apps, if you type in The Hoop Collective, it's one of the recent episodes. So you can definitely check it out. It's on there. Okay. So that will be our little shout out. All right. Time to talk some This is the CFL. I'm not going full Vince McMahon on it. It's only like week two or week three. That's fair. I'm not doing it. But. Week three. Whatever. To be fair. Whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll add it with taxes. So anyway, Canadian Football League. Let's talk a little bit. This is the first time this season we actually get to formally speak of it. So, Dave, you've got thoughts. I've already predicted a Canadian team will win the Grey Cup, so I, I'm, I'm already 100%. I've won. All right. Fair enough. What do you got? All right. I'm going to give you a prediction of who's going to finish where in the East and the West. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you right now, for the listeners who don't already know, I am a Hamilton Tiger Cat fan. No. My support for the Hamilton Tiger Cats is greater than my support for any other team I cheer for. And that's a really high bar to hit. By that, I mean a really low bar to hit. So, Did I mention your, your fandom was one bag with poutine? Please go on. Fair enough. But nothing can change my... It's, it's in my blood. All right? So here's the thing. I'm going to start in the East because Hamilton's in the East. And we hate the West. Evil that too. But here's the thing. All right? So I'm picking Hamilton to win the East. Okay? Largely because of one factor. Ottawa Homer? Ha- that and Ottawa has a new quarterback. My God. So Hamilton has a lot of the same pieces. Not a lot has changed, uh, but they have a new head coach. That's big. Orlando Steinauer, who is yep. a former player, uh, did play for the Ticats, also played for the Argos. Did he coach uh, for the Ticats or something as well? Yeah, he was a defensive coordinator. At some I point know, I knew he was on the staff. Right? Okay, yep. So but he's now the head coach. Uh, basically, the idea was that they really didn't want him to leave, and so they made him head coach. Uh, and they changed that. I guess a bit after you would normally change that. Okay. So here's the thing. Before we get into the rest of it, this is week three of the CFL. As we are recording, Hamilton is playing Montreal, and we have it on a screen. So, yes, some CFL has happened already, but if anyone who's a close follower of the CFL knows, things don't really matter until after Labor Day. So my prediction is Hamilton because they have the continuity, and they've been slowly building with Jeremiah Masoli at quarterback for a few years. they got a great defense. Led by Simone Lawrence, Adrian Tracy, Megan's favorite, Richard Leonard, and Delvin Bro, who's from New Orleans and was a saint for Please a time. tell me Richard Leonard isn't your wife's favorite because of the name Leonard. Okay, Carlos, I won't tell you that. It just gets worse. It just gets so much worse. Please continue. Now, second, I, I think Ottawa because, again, Ottawa has a lot of their pieces together. Uh, they still look good, but they don't have Trevor Harris a quarterback anymore, and I think that's enough where Hamilton pips them. Right? In third place... Did you say pips them? Yeah. That's the word. Okay, go on. In third place, I have Montreal. Wow. Huh? Uh, and the reason I have Montreal... Well, let's get this way. So because Montre- Toronto gave up 62 points to your ridiculous team? Yeah, but let me get to there. So... Montreal's in a little bit of flux, too. Uh, they have an ownership thing. Are they, as far as are they still owned by the CFL right now? Yes. Okay, so they're owned by the league. I think they're trying to work something out, but I think they're still owned by the league. Which yes. is problematic. Uh, they have a new GM, Cavis Reed, who's been around the league for a long time. Their head coach is now Kahari Jones, uh, who I have a lot of respect for, was quarterback in Hamilton, probably more famous for his time in Winnipeg. And Vernon Davis, senior at quarterback, or junior at quarterback. And... You know, I, I think, one, you no longer have the Johnny Menzel dumpster fire sideshow in Montreal, which is a bonus. Uh, and, and two, I think they're good enough to be competitive. I don't think they're good enough to win a lot of games, but I think they're good enough to be competitive, which is why I see them finishing in third. Okay? And Toronto, I see finishing in fourth, mostly for this reason. 
Ricky Ray's gone, therefore no Ray, no hope. Right? Plus, what happened last week, Carlos? They gave up 62 points to Hamilton? Yes. Now, granted, it was the first game of the season, so they were coming off a bye. 62 points! But but that's my point is, they're more well-rested than Hamilton. Okay? And I watched a lot of this game. And you know what the one thing that commentators keep talking about? How tired Toronto looked. Well, Hamilton's played a game, been in the battle, been hit. You know, they didn't look tired. Toronto did, and it was their first game of the season where you should be jacked up and ready to go. Plus, they had the Ricky Ray retirement ceremony before the game, and you would think that that would give them a little more oomph. Not necessarily give them the oomph to win, but at least not look tired after a quarter. I think from the first quarter onward, or you know, second quarter onward, they were talking about how tired Toronto looked. They might have still been hung over from the Toronto Raptors victory parade. You know what? I hope so, because it was an embarrassment if you're a football player. That was an embarrassment. And I'm happy with it, because I hate Toronto, Argonauts, and I love the Ticats, so I'm cool with that. I like that you make the qualifier because it's like, it's like Toronto's very close to our target market. Are you, you, you can anger New Jersey. They might still find you. You can randomly anger Florida. They're too old. They might forget halfway through the conversation. But Toronto's very close by. I don't really want to. It's, it's a Toronto Argonaut hate. All but right. you know what? Most of Toronto doesn't even care about the Argos. So. Understandably so. So that's my east. Hamilton, Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto. Okay? Hamilton and Ottawa will get playoff spots no matter what. Uh, the third place team could be pipped by the West. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, so, any other comments about the East, Carlos? I did. Uh, the most important thing for me in the East, I really have nothing to qualm over in the order you're picking because it is the CFL, whatever. However, with all that said, the real question, and this is the most pertinent question to me, is how long do you think it is before I can get an Argo ticket for five bucks on the secondary market? Because I think I got a real shot at that with this team. Quite frankly, I think you probably get one for for the next game. Yeah, and but no, but this is good because I haven't been to a game in BMO, and for five bucks I'll do it. For five bucks, sure. Yeah, no, for, I I am pretty sure. For you five probably, bucks, want to go? Well, here's the thing. I'm pretty like just wait till they start singing O Canada and buy one from a scalper. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. For five bucks, want to go? Yeah, I think BMO is one of the few uh, is one of the few stadiums around the in Ontario that I haven't been to yet because I've been to the old. I was at Everwin. I came went yeah. to Tim and Hortons. you refuse to go to a soccer game in BMO. But the people need to know that it's it's not it's not a real sport like breakdancing. Okay. When it becomes a real sport like breakdancing, it's in the Olympics, you know. And when it becomes a real sport like that, then then we can talk about this soccer pretentious country cross country running. But anyway. So that's fair enough. Uh, no, as far as the East is concerned, I am good with that. You got some thoughts on the West? All right. So the West is a little more tricky. Again, qualifying that we've already played a couple of games. Now, in a very Turnbull-esque way, I want to make a qualifier. I did mention earlier that we hate the West. And by that, I mean we hate the Western teams in the CFL. However, if uh, you know anyone wants to hold me up in Vancouver, I hear it's lovely and I'd be happy to go there. The weather's great. And I like the and I like the Pacific time zone. So I'm good. Vancouver, if you'll take me, I will abandon this crap town. Please continue. All right. So I have Winnipeg finishing in first. Uh, I feel that now is the time. I mean, I think Winnipeg and Calgary are very close to each other, it seems. I like that an actual qualifier is, guys, I think now is the time. I feel like that's the same as your Hamilton pick. No, really. They failed so many times. It's been 20 years. No, it's, there's, I'm, there's not like saying, I'm not picking them for, for no, the, I understand, I'm but them win these. Just no, win I, these. I got you. I got you. No, but I'm saying, regardless, just... Stay with me for a second. I feel like part of the Hamilton pick is also, you know, clearly they're playing very well and they're playing very well in these, but I feel like it should be known. It's like, oh, it's been 20 years. There's like three teams in the CFL. How do you not win the Grey Cup by like default, by accident, one time in the last 20 years? You would think. No, it's true. And and they were close that one year. Yeah. Uh, if it wasn't for that holding penalty on the kickoff return. Awful. And they uh, are getting a Grey Cup, I think, in the next couple of years, I believe, yeah. also. Soon. Not this year, but next year. Yes, yes. 2020. Go on. So, I have Winnipeg finishing first because... Well, they've also been building. I think, as much as I hate Michael Shea because he left the, the Tigers for the Argos, and it's kind of a prerequisite of Tigat fandom, if you know who Mike O'Shea is, you kind of have to hate him. Uh, but I do respect him. He's a great coach, and I think, he, you know, the program he's been building in Winnipeg has been steadily improving. Matt Nichols is a solid quarterback. So, I am i mean, if Calgary won the West, I'm not going to be shocked, right? But I'm going to pick Winnipeg. 
Um, Calgary is right there. They're 0-1 right now. They lost to the, the Red Blacks, but they only lost by four in the first game. Bo Levi Mitchell is still a good quarterback. They're defending Grey Cup champions. They're going to be right there. All right? In third, I have Edmonton. I think they've got a great quarterback running back duo. Okay, Trevor Harris, a quarterback who, again, you know, has come over from from Ottawa, I believe, and C.J. Gable in running back, right? And and C.J. Gable is actually a former Tire Cat, and so I know him as a player and is quite well. Great. B.C. I don't actually hate B.C.'s roster. I think they have a really good roster, but I don't think it's better than Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton. So I, I have them in fourth, but I would not be shocked if they do as they did last year and they cross over and play Ottawa in the Eastern semifinal. Fair enough. Uh, because Montreal is better, I think, than last year, but I'm not sure they're they're that much better. And then, obviously, then that leaves Saskatchewan to finish in the basement of the West. And this is largely because their quarterback got hurt again and is going to be out for at least six games. And, you know, that's Zach Kalaros, who I have a lot of respect for. I really like Zach Kalaros. He did play for the Ticats for a time. Uh, but he's got another concussion. And, and as we have talked about on this program before, obviously once you have a concussion and have another concussion and another concussion, it gets progressively worse and progressively more difficult to recover from that. Uh, so I wish Kalaros well in his recovery. But I don't think Saskatchewan has enough pieces without him to make up for that loss. And that's going to really affect them. And by the time he comes back, I think they're going to be out of it. So my West is Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, BC, and Saskatchewan. And I'm going to leave the predictions there, unless you want me to make playoff predictions. But in week spoil- three, spoiler well, alert, I'm just going to pick Hamilton. Brilliant. Shocking. Who would have possibly conceived such a thing? So congratulations to the 2019 Grey Cup champions, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, based on that. Just thought I would let you all know. Spoiler. Anyway, no, that's fair. I'm good with that. Um, Anything you want to add about the Western teams, apart from the fact that you would like to move to Vancouver? I would totally move to Vancouver. So, no, as far as that's concerned, I don't have too much to add. Uh, as far as the CFL, i got to see it develop a little bit. I'm not quite as tuned with the CFL. And it's something I fully admit because I really – I've watched a handful of games here and there. And it's one of those things where I've definitely watched a ton of games over the years. But the CFL turnover is a lot considering – you'll have your lifers. You'll have your players that will stay on certain teams or stay for a long period of time. But a lot of these players are transitional. They'll come in and their goal is to get to the NFL level. And if they're able to, great. And if they're not, you know, they'll move around. But also the combination, the configuration of the league with the amount of Canadian players you have to play in, it's always going to mean that there'll be some players that you're always going to see, for sure. And there will be player movement, for sure. But there's always going to be that element of um, you pretty much have to reset your knowledge for certain teams from year to year just to kind of get yourself back. So that's kind of what I'm doing in the early part of this season, kind of recalibrating myself to the players and teams that we currently have rather than the ones that were around when I was watching more frequently. So I'll, I'll get into it more with the CFL. As much as I like making fun of it, I'll watch it. It's, uh, it's good viewing for the summer, especially in Canada. And uh, the football level is tolerable. It's, uh, it's no AAF, um, and it's no new XFL, but, I, you know, the, as an upstart... Dude, you can't say it's no new XFL when they haven't even played a game. Well, you know, they've had 100 years, and I think, and I think it's almost tolerable football. I think uh, all they got to do is get out of this nonsense, you know, make it a 100-yard field, and we can make it four downs, and I think we can fix it. It's, it just needs a small adjustment. We can fix it. It's important because, um, as you know, the, the Grey Cup is at least the 14th most prestigious cup after the AFCO Cup, the Calder Cup. I don't even know what the AFCO Cup is. The AFCO Cup was the cup they gave away for the WHA. Okay. So there you go. A little historical reference for you. There you go. All it, right. AFCO Cup's pretty prestigious, man. Pretty prestigious. Respect. Yeah. So anyway, uh, no, as far as the CFL is concerned, we will talk more about it throughout the season. Jokes aside, there will be more to talk about because as the storylines develop in the CFL, mind you, the storylines in the CFL tend to be a lot more polite. Like, really, it's not quite, it doesn't have quite the drama of the NBA, but... No, like, really, you had the Johnny Menzel continued dumpster fire wherever he was going. Yeah, but it was more like Johnny Menzel could have been just randomly playing flag football somewhere, and he could have accomplished about the same. And, and like, your second best is Jerron Carter. Pretty much. Right, which is really not that big of a deal. So, yes. So the CFL will have to stick very much to the the on-the-field drama if you want any drama. Fair enough. As far as that's concerned, I think we're solid. 
I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to, Carlos. Just before that. Okay. There's one more thing that I did catch in my notes that I want to make sure I capture. Sure, no problem. Prior to us going to what we're looking forward to this week, I did want to make a quick note that uh, happy trails to Roberto Luongo on his uh, retirement. Yes. yes. Uh, he also a- posted a great tweet <coughs> in announcing it. Yes, taking his South Talents, talents to the retirement home. Yeah, taking, taking his, his talents. talents to the South Beach retirement home. Hey, and, listen. And showing a pair of goalie pads on a clothesline. Uh, I, I, that, I felt that was, that was quite creative. The man has a sense of humor, if nothing else. Uh, he understands what it is. It is interesting, though. I did catch a career retrospective on him that really kind of puts it into perspective. Did you know that outside of his uh, years in Vancouver, Roberto Longo spent most of his career playing for the Florida Panthers? Yes, I in, didn't know in that. multiple stretches. But even though he has, he has enough where if he had come back one more season, he could have had 500 career wins as an NHL goaltender, which is you know monstrous. It's right up there at the top of all time. But even with that said, were it not for his years in Vancouver, he actually would have a losing record as a goaltender. Wow. That's how bad the Florida Panthers were. And it's, it wasn't a reflection of Roberto Longo because if you go run those stats back, goals against average and save percentages were off the charts for years and years. And it's only when he got to Vancouver that he finally got to play with a, with a competent team. And they almost got to the Stanley Cup Finals twice. They did get to the Stanley Cup Finals once. And, and were, rioted. Yeah, and rioted. And they were up 2 to nothing in that series. So, it's, so the career trajectory of Roberto Longo would have taken a very different turn had they been able to close out, I think it was the 2011 Stanley Cup Finals, and I think it was the one against Boston, I believe. If they had been able to close that one out and win, it's a completely different legacy. With that with that said, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, no question. Tremendous career. And, um, you know, respect for not coming back just to get to the 500 wins because Florida wasn't going to be that good this year anyway. So it's not like you would have been coming back for nothing more than just get the accolade, to get the yeah. number on the board. Respect to that, and it's not like he needed it. Also, double respect for retiring and somehow managing to screw the uh, Vancouver Canucks amongst other teams who have to pay him $3 million. Or took a $3 million cap hit of some kind. Yes. Like a clawback or something like that? Yeah, there's something. I don't, I don't know what exactly the, it's is. It's a quirk in the CBA where his retirement actually costs them money, which makes which me it, laugh. Yes, it is funny. Yes, it makes me laugh. Happy trails to Roberto Longo. Now, with that said, now let's talk about what we're looking forward to this week. First of all, I'm looking forward to Canada playing Haiti. So that's tomorrow. Right. So I believe the coverage starts at 6.30 p.m. And I honestly think Canada has a good chance of winning the game. I do. Haiti's played really well, but Canada has a good roster. They actually got their highest uh, goal margin of victory. They beat Cuba 7-0. to I didn't know if you knew that, Carlos. Is that even allowed? Yes. I, I, I was told the mercy rule kicked in after 2 nothing. No, there is no mercy rule. What kind of barbarous sport is this? You keep this up and you're never getting to the Olympics like breakdancing. Look, man, you gotta you gotta let the breakdancing go. You just you, you just... wait you wait until you wear your Team Canada breakdancing jersey. I look forward to it. Hey, you know what? I I'll hey I'll take it. Uh, the other thing I'm looking forward to is Monday is Canada Day, right? So it the is. celebration of Canada's birthday, uh, and that always means a full slate of CFL games. Now we've had one of them's already been played. So Winnipeg beat Edmonton 28-21 to yesterday night. That's Thursday. Hamilton is currently leading Montreal 26-10 to as we record. In the fourth quarter. Yeah. Tomorrow night uh, at 7 p.m. is BC versus Calgary, all times uh, Eastern. And then the Canada Day game is Toronto at Saskatchewan. Woo! So I will try and catch that as well. Right? So I think my you know viewing really is going to be consist of obviously the Gold Cup, maybe some Women's World Cup if I decide to tune in. And but it's obviously doesn't have as much interest now that Canada's out of it and the US keeps winning, which is just annoying. And then the CFL games. However, I probably will end up watching some sort of NBA free agency program that's on TV, which I will hate myself for because I'm sure I'll learn absolutely nothing from watching said program. But that does kick off on Sunday night at 6, right? June 30th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time is when free agency officially opens and it can no longer be called tampering. We'll see what Magic Johnson does in between then and uh, now and then. But that's what I'm looking forward to. Will you hate yourself more or less than when you end up watching Team Canada breakdancing in 2024? More or less? Probably. This is an important scale that we want to establish a scale now. Probably less. Nice. Nice. I, I, I was hoping we'd get here. And we have arrived. We got there. All right. So 
ladies and gentlemen, it has been a wonderful podcast. I'll quickly tell you what I'm looking forward to, and then we'll get into it. So it'll be another UFC card. There is a UFC card being done out of Minneapolis this Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It will be available on TSN in Canada, ESPN in the United States. It will be headlined by Junior Dos Santos taking on Francis Ngannou, which should be an interesting heavyweight bout. Uh, Joseph Benavidez will also be on the card. A couple of different, Damien Maya, a couple other great fighters will be on there. Mostly this is a card where you want to check it out. A lot of the undercard fights, as I said before, sometimes if they're not big name folks, it's folks trying to make names for themselves. So that can lead to some really tremendous fights. And sometimes the obvious players will be in there, but... When you got a $50,000 bonus for fight of the night, there's plenty of motivation for a lot of play, for a lot of these fighters to try to put on a good show. Mm-hmm. And as long as you get a good show, I, I think it's not a terrible night of um, it's not a terrible night when you can be sitting there watching a night of fights, especially no, if you're is. into especially if you're into it. So, especially on free TV, quote unquote. So, that's mainly what I'm looking forward to. I will check out some of the CFL games as well. I'm watching the game as Dave mentioned a little earlier, we're watching it live, but I'll be watching a couple of the games throughout the weekend. Outside of Hashtag that, multi-screen life. Multi-screen life. So, for those of you who reside in Canada, happy Canada Day. Enjoy. Drink responsibly. Or not responsibly, you know. But uh, that's up to you. Drink I w- responsibly. I would recommend sticking with the former. But uh, outside of that, I'll do my quick shameless plugs and then we'll sign off. You can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you go to the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast YouTube channel... You can check out archived versions of all our episodes that we have, as well as check out podcast extras whenever a topic comes up that kicks in. Or if we end up you know, running along on a podcast and we end up having a good conversation, much like the original Bob McCowan discussion, I'll clip that out and I'll throw it up on there and you can check it out and you can just take that piece. Outside of that, you can also check us out on Instagram, at Unnecessary Podcast, on Twitter, at Unnecessary underscore pod, on our Podbean site at unnecessarypod.podbean.com. So that'll do it for myself and Dave. We happy Canada Day once again, and we will catch you all in the next episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast.